podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Now serving B24 at DMV window number 7. Okay, Jim, we're next in line. Perfect, Jim. Things are going very smoothly. You remember the cell phone bill? Yes, and the birth certificate. Nice. We'll have a real ID in no time. That's right. Ready to fly to Carla's graduation and then the big game. Real great work, Jim. You too, Jim. Excuse me, are you talking to yourself? Now serving B25 at window number 10. That's our cue, Jim. Excuse us. Talk yourself into Real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash Real ID. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Fatback 4 Daily. It is Monday, the 30th of September. This show, of course, is always brought to you by Paddy Power. Paddy Power is an app, a bookies, a website, it's all that stuff. If you want to gamble, try with Paddy Power. Specials on football, specials on Liverpool, sport, everything else beyond that. Always gamble responsibly. If you don't gamble, that's absolutely fine. Disregard everything I've said. It's not for you and it's not the be all and end all of this show. Um, tonight, we are going to have a little chat about a big week for Liverpool. Uh, we have a game against Red Bull Salzburg on Wednesday night in the Champions League at Anfield. And then we welcome Leicester to Anfield again Saturday afternoon, 3pm in the Premier League. With me tonight is a good friend of mine. It's Keith Cross. Keith, how are you, my man? I'm very, very well. Very good, Gav. Uh, celebrating another three points in the bag, so happy days. Yeah, absolutely happy days. Come here, I'm gonna. We'll start off with Sheffield United. Uh, we done. I done a show direct, more or less straight after the game on Saturday, and a lot of people felt we didn't play well. A lot of people felt we were lucky. I went on to I went on to Twitter then afterwards, and a, and a couple of people were saying, "No, we play quite well. We just went as fluid as we usually are." The, the the hype around Sheffield United was a bit over the top. What way did you see it, Keith? Because I'm going to be honest, I thought it was probably a 6 out of 10 performance. We weren't that fluid. We probably deserved to win the game and Sheffield United played quite well. That's the way I see it. But how did you see it? Uh, so I'd probably split my um, out of 10 performances between attack and between the defence. I thought the defence um, and Fabinho, actually defence and midfield, in terms of concentration, um, in terms of shape, in terms of keeping on top of things, not letting the game almost open up due to the fact that it was so pedestrian, I'd give them a solid 8 out of 10. I thought Van Dijk was excellent, won every high ball. Um, You know, when we got countered, he was winning every tackle. Uh, John Matip alongside him uh, was doing really, really well. um, Robertson, great block um, and a key moment where, you know, Fabinho was turned in the box. Um, Fabinho, Henderson and Wijnaldum kept the midfield shape, you know, kept it, kept it, kept it strong, kept it from from us being uh, blown wide open through counter-attacks, which I thought was really, really good. If I talk about the attack, and again, you include the midfield in that to a certain extent, you include Trent Alexander-Arnold, you include Robertson, you know, I give it a 5 out of 10. I thought we were slow, Klopp talked about missing 
passes to players in the half spaces. Absolutely. We were pedestrian with the ball. We were very, very slow. We weren't, you know, we didn't really feel that we could take risks. And when the attack did have three glorious chances, they didn't take them. Um, and I have some opinions on that uh, um, later on in the show. But, you know, we just weren't at our game. We weren't creating enough, in my opinion. And the ones create uh, chances we did create, the attackers that uh, not too long ago we were talking about should have been um, winning FIFA best man ahead of Messi and Ronaldo were missing chances that Messi and Ronaldo just wouldn't miss. Yeah, you know what? A lot of it came down to the front three because if you go through the team it, afterwards, after watching the game, I watch the back again. I always do. Uh, you know when you're comfortable and you mm. know the result, and you can kind of watch it in more relaxed fashion. <laughs> and you, and you, you know, you know yourself. You don't see you, there's some things you will miss during the the actual game because you're so you know in in entrenched in it, I suppose. And and one thing I'd I watch agree. when you watch when you actually watch it back, if you go through the team, Adrian plays well. I thought Trent done really well. They tried to overload on his side. Robertson done quite well. The two centre halves were fantastic for me. You know, Fabino was really good. Henderson, nah, not great, but look, that's mm. allowed. When Aldum gets the goal, Tori done okay. But the front three was probably the main talking point, wasn't it? You know, they they get some chances. Van Dijk puts a lovely one through to Mane. Salah has one where he could wrap up the game. Firmino, like those half spaces you were talking about, they, Sheffield United made a massive effort to, to shut them off. It, it was basically the front three didn't click for us. But, but overall, Keith... It was one of those games where, you know, you knew you were going to have to break down a really, really stubborn side because I watched them the week previous against Everton and they were well drilled. But it was just one of those where it didn't happen for us. But how many times, Keith, have we said, if our front three don't don't do it, we need someone to back it up. And OK, when Aldham's goal is fortuitous, but it's but it's still a goal from a midfielder when your front three aren't working. I, I, I'll put this to our listeners. How many of you guys would have been able to take that volley with the ball that high up the air? It's not an easy technique what Wijnaldum did. Okay, yes, it was fortuitous, of course. You know, nine times out of ten, Dean Henderson saves that all day long. But sometimes you've got to look beyond that. You've got to look at the technique. Wijnaldum took that shot really well. The ball was high in the air. Gav, I don't know about you, my friend, but I know that I'd shank that. I'd shank that into Rosette's if the ball dropped to me in the way it dropped to Wijnaldum. He caught it clean, he hit it to target, and he scored. And you know what? You take them how they come. Um, but I think sometimes in these situations in the past, Liverpool, in times when our strikers, we've had some amazing attackers over the years, but in games where our attackers have not been up to scratch, a lot of the times we haven't been able to rely on our defence or our midfield to kind of see us out. Nowadays, we can rely on them. We can rely on them when we're having those tight, nitty, gritty games not to allow stupid goals in. And I think that's where the real winners were in that game. It was our defence. It was the fact that we just stayed concentrated for 90 minutes. It's something that I, you know, I'm well, I'm 29 years old going on 30 um, in October, reveal the age. Um, I've never seen a Liverpool team so concentrated at the back in my life. And that's where I feel like we're winning points at the moment, particularly when our front three are off form. Yeah, listen, they were off form. You know, somebody says there it should have been a, more, a lot more comfortable. Um, our front three missed three good chances. They absolutely did. And, you know, I think... You know they missed three chances. Fair enough that 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 happens. You know what I mean. But I think it was blown a bit more out of proportion because of the way you know the the, the media and and the, the TV coverage you know lauded Sheffield United after this game. Sheffield United played well. They played to their probably close to as good as they can play. 
didn't really trouble us. I didn't feel. I didn't feel where. Oh, hold on, we're out. We're, un, we're under the cosh here. We're, 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 you know, we're punch drunk. It wasn't anything like that. It, mm. They got down the sides of us the odd time, but that was mainly due to us pressing and trying to trying to win a game. You know, so I, I, they had got an off day. Look, Maverick says their front three had an off day, but they were they were unlucky. Uh, Manny hits the post. Salah had a one on one. Another day, it could have been three one. You know, uh, Kevo Sullivan says there a good point. Origi done well when he come on. It was good. Oh to see. yeah, yeah, it was good. Oh yeah. Do, do you know something? Uh, I was again when I watched the back and during the game. You know, Grizz made the point to me after the game. I think that's one of he said. I think that's one of Origi's best performances for us. You know, and I was yeah, I kind of half agreed when I was thinking back to Dortmund and stuff like that in 2016. But um, it was great to see him change up what he was doing, Origi, wasn't it? And not just being a, a little bit one-dimensional. He was going at them when he needed to. He was being intelligent on the ball when he needed to. It was great to see him be be somebody that could impact the game and really impact it. What I like about Origi, so I'm going to compare Origi to like Martial and Rashford, right? So you got Origi, Martial and Rashford, you've got three players that effectively have always believed they should play through the middle, right? Mm-hmm. They should be strikers. They should be centre-forwards. They should be in the middle. Out of those three, the only player who has actually accepted and decided, you know what, I'm going to learn how to be a forward in wide positions has been Divock Origi. Divock Origi has evolved his game over the last 18 months to be effective from coming from the wide positions. He probably didn't want that. He probably wanted to be the centre number uh, in Firmino's position. However, he's accepted the situation that he's in. And rather than sulk and and throw out six out of ten, uh, five out of ten, four out of ten performances, he's come onto the pitch and he's made a real difference because he's learning how to play that position and still be effective. And absolutely, he was winning balls in the air. He was picking up the ball and he was driving at Sheffield United, which we didn't have. Mane and Salah... We're not doing that, particularly first half. They weren't picking up the ball. They weren't going at the fullbacks. Origi came on and he was just going and going and going and going. Skills, skills, skills. You know what I mean? Like, And the cross that put him in that eventually led to Wijnaldum's goal was something that in the first half we didn't have a lot of anyway. So he changed the dynamic of the game. And what I like about Origi at the moment is that he's learning to be effective from that position because he's doing it time and again. He's still getting goals in in central positions because that's what Mane does. Mane, even though he's wide, he can still go into centre forward positions. Origi's learned that just because I have to be wide, I can still use my pace, my trickery and my power on the wide to make things happen. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for the, the way he's evolving his game. And he has now, without a shadow of a doubt, proved that he is the fourth attacker that Liverpool needs. He is that something different when we have a game like against Sheffield United where we can turn to him when we need something different. And that's what Liverpool football fans have been crying out for. He's doing a lot better job than Pepe's doing at Arsenal at the moment. Let's put it that way. So very, very impressed and very proud of, of, of his evolution over the last 18 months. Yeah, listen, I, I really liked that he changed it up when he came on and, you know... If, when you look at Mane, Mane was trying to be inside a little bit more to release Robertson, but they were they were they were kind of they were blocking that off quite well. I felt, you know, probably once in the first half he gets around the back of them, maybe twice. But when Origi comes on, they weren't too sure because the attacking player wasn't coming inside. He was staying out wide. He was he was going at them. He was coming inside with the ball. He, he just changed it up, and it was a little bit of a different dimension, you know. Um, one thing I did see there on the chat is this thing called clap for Clarkey. Um, clap for Clarkey is a 
it's basically a movement for a guy that lost his life, I think, last week or the week before. In a, I think it was a, a, a car accident. A massive Liverpool fan. A guy came on to me last week and said, clap for Clarky. I thought he was joking with me. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I found out in the meantime what has happened. He's trying to get a minute's applause, I think, on the 24th minute against Salzburg at Anfield on Wednesday. So um, if anybody's out there and if you go onto Twitter, you'll see the hashtag, hashtag clap for Clarky. If you go to that, you can lend your support, retweet it around Twitter and stuff like that. And if we can get this... Can, this guy can get this done for his friend at Anfield on Wednesday. You know, it's it's something for the family, I suppose. So we're completely in support of that. Um, if you're watching the show on Twitter, look or, or on Periscope, just hit your three buttons at the bottom there, your three little dots. Hit share, it shares your timeline. If you're on YouTube, same thing. I know it's hard to, you know, share on YouTube, but if you can spread your spread the word around to people that watch YouTube that we're on and we're on every night, subscribe, hit the, hit the bell icon and you get us every time we go live. Um... You mentioned Pepe there. Barry Carr reckons he's um he's he's garbage. Uh, he hasn't shown much form. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, somebody else says that that the club needs to work with Origi to get him better and better and better. I think we're starting to see a progression in Origi already. Uh, just his intelligence on the pitch and actually taking direction from the manager as to what he needs and seeing the game himself and knowing what this game needs. You know, he he for me he was the biggest change um on Saturday. But Keith, just the last thing on the game, you know um. A lot of people have spoken about Fabinho, Van Dijk, um, who else was there? Matip, things like that. It, it was it, there was some good, very good performances there. But how happy are you to see Liverpool go and win a game like that in that manner? When, as you said, a couple of years ago, we're under the co- not even under the cosh, but under a little bit of pressure away to a team like that, we'd usually fold and draw the game, or if not, lose it. How happy are you to see a goal like this? Oh, I'm delighted to be honest. I'm so delighted because. As I said, I just feel like they really keep their heads, you know. you I, I don't feel nervous when um, we're in these games anymore. I always believe that for the vast majority of the game, um, you know, balls come into the box, Van Dijk wins the headers. Um, maybe they break a little bit. Um, Matip's first on the defender, clamping him down, winning the ball back high up straight away. Anything that needs mopped up in midfield, Fabinho, I think someone would call him go-go gadget. He's just there. His legs are there, always winning tackles, always yeah. winning interceptions. You know what I mean? He just yeah. wraps his leg rounds everywhere. You know, it's it's so nice to know that, you know, it must be so comforting for someone like Adrian. He's probably never had that much protection in his life. Right? <laughs> when he was at West Ham, he was saving shots left, right and centre. Now he's thinking, wow, I only have to make one or two great saves. And even I look great now. Um, you know, so... It's really, really, really nice to see, you know, and as I said before, as a Liverpool fan who, who's who been around, who's kind of seen the noughties and, 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 the, and, the, and the, you know, I said, I've never really saw the 80s side of things, so I never saw a Liverpool unv- invincible side. In the past, I always felt that there was the biggest chink in our armour, the biggest criticism Liverpool always received was the fact that they could leak in goals in tight games when a team has their back against a wall and goes on the counter-attack. The mentality monsters is 100% the right um, word to use because you have to stay concentrated in those games. You have to stay completely focused for 90 minutes, especially when the game's not going your way and we have the best players to do that. Yeah, Grace has joined the chat just to say simply, yes, yes, my top boy, Keith. Um, I think he's a fan <laughs> of yours. Some, a, few people have a, a few people have asked who's the guest tonight. The, get, the guest is Keith Cross at Goalmouth, G-O-O-A-L-M-O-U-T-H on Twitter. Really talks really good stuff about football and Liverpool in particular. Go and follow yes. him on Twitter. Um, 
Kevin Sullivan says this week has a quick turnaround Wednesday, Saturday. Thoughts on the lineup for Salzburg. Lucky you've timed that to perfection, Kev. On to Salzburg. Uh, Wednesday night, we lost our first game in the Champions League, Heath. You know, but there's five games left in this. I feel that we can win our three home games, get a draw away, and maybe a win away, and, and we're okay. But looking looking um, towards this, this game on Wednesday, the lineup for you. Can you see any changes to what you're seeing on Saturday? Could Kate come back into the mix? You know, is there anything there that you see where there's a change to to, to the lineup for this one? I suppose. I know um, it's interesting that I wouldn't be surprised if it's exactly the same lineup. It seems that Klopp is quite adamant to stick with Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Henderson midfield, front three. The only thing that I could possibly see is maybe Origi on for Mane. It's probably the only change that I could potentially see. But other than that, I really can't see much change. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to take Salzburg pretty seriously, and I think he should. I think they, it was a statement victory, their first win of the season. So I wonder if he's going to be a bit more cautious. Yeah, mm. he, he may be. But having said that, how much do you take out of that game against Genk? They looked, they looked very, they looked very poor for me in the in the highlights that I've seen. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those where it's it's not. Look, it's not on a knife edge, but it's one of those where you really have to go and make this three points and, and get yourself back on the board. You know, you, you'd expect Napoli are probably going to go away to Genk and win, so it's it's one of those things. You know, you, like North Red is saying there, Gomez, Keita, Ox could feature. Barry Carr reckons they might do something along a four-two-four. Um, I don't know if we go that attacking. Um, Barry Carr reckons Fat Fabinho and Milner in a two in midfield. Kevin mm. Sullivan, Gomez, Ox, and Origi to start. Leicester will be a tough game. Do you have to bring that into account as well, Keith, with, with, with Leicester being up on Saturday? Absolutely, but you are playing, obviously they're playing both games at home. Um, and, I, and again, I question, I, the, the thing is, that is, is Klopp in the mood for rotating at the moment? I mean, uh, the busier times are yet to come. So when, when Klopp speaks about rotation and the boys are all going to have a chance, my initial thinking is that that's going to come around the kind of November, December period where we're going to start seeing maybe more of the Ox, more of Shakiri, um, more of Joe Gomez. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's maybe one, maybe two max. I mean, he likes playing James Milner in Champions League. Let's be honest, he loves playing James Milner in the Champions League. So maybe Milner may come in for for Henderson because he, Henderson looked like he got knocked around quite a bit on, on Saturday. So... That could be the only enforced change. And maybe Origi for Mane. But, you know, Klopp seems to be keeping his team sheets quite consistent. So I would not be surprised if he goes with the same, with the same, uh, with the same a similar team. One or two changes max. I can't see him over 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 changing this massively, like bringing in Ox and Cater and, and players like that. Uh, I'd be very surprised. Do you know what? It, it's you, As much as I hate these international breaks, they're nearly a marker. To look mm. towards and, and and see where where you are with regards to the stamina in the team, how fit they are, how much they have left in the tank before this break, and it is a break. Let's be honest; it's not as intense in international football. Some of them don't even go away. So, yep. you know, the international break comes after the Leicester game on Saturday. But I still think, for me, if he was going into Leicester on Saturday, the the team he played against Sheffield United would be the team. I I think he I think he might go one or two changes here for this one. I think he might mm. take the risk. I think he'll go with the same back four. Mm-hmm. I genuinely do. I think in midfield, though, I think the Henderson shout was not a bad one. I, I think he might even go Fabinho, Milner and Oxlade-Chamberlain. I think he might go something like that. I think he might mm. try change it up. Lads on the bench, of course. The front three, I think, will stay as the front three. I think they're, 
they're probably at their best when they're in when they're when they're when the football is flowing and they're getting it every three and four days. Having said that, I thought maybe Salah looked a bit like the summer was catching up with him at the weekend. That could be just yeah. me being all, all over the top about it. But it did look that way, even though we had a big break on the the last international break. But it's it's one of those where you have to juggle it a bit, Keith. That's what your squad is about, isn't it? Because I've said it from the start of the season. Start using your squad as early as you possibly can at every given opportunity when you feel you can do it. Because there's no point in running these boys into the ground and then asking three or four lads to try, you know, carry it coming into April and May when you're at the business end. Absolutely. I think a lot of it comes down to uh, uh, what he must see in training with regards to the fitness and sharp, sharpness levels. You know, with Oxley chamberlains uh, surprisingly, he's not featured in more football matches. Let's be honest. You know, I, you know, Henderson um, has featured a lot more than I, I would have thought that when with the Ox coming back. So maybe he feels like the Ox is still, you know, even though he's been fit quote-unquote, the reality is getting his body back to the strength and the sharpness and the speed that he feels is is needed at that top level, maybe he feels the Ox isn't there yet. He, and maybe he definitely feels the same with with with, with Cater. I think it's, he does he does seem to take his time with bringing people back from injury. Do you not find that? Do you know when when a player comes back from injury, Klopp takes a bit of time before he gives him gives him proper minutes. Yeah, he he he, he sometimes drops them in and has a look and then takes them back out and you mightn't see them for three games. You know, mm. A bit like Keita there. Keita was getting a run out against MK Dons. It was no more than that. He wasn't being asked to go onto that pitch and, you know, turn the game on its head and control it from start to finish at a massively high pace. He was out there to get 60 minutes and that's what he got. I think he was taking off maybe 62 minutes, I think, in somewhere around there. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm all for... for I'm, I'm all for juggling the squad when you can. Salzburg, although they have a decent, they've a, they've a very good record in Austria, they've they've started off well in this group against a really poor side, it has to mm. be said. I think there's room there for the, for the, a little manoeuvre, probably in midfield, maybe even a change at the back. He might even go with a Gomez for Matip. I think his main thing will be Leicester at the weekend. I think he desperately wants to get to this international break, eight league wins out of eight. And yeah. throw, throw three points in against Salzburg, and and um and we everyone's good to go. Pick me a team. Pick me a team for Wednesday night. Okay, so I'm gonna go with Adrian in goal. Um, I'll go with. I'm gonna throw this out there. So I'm gonna go with Joe Gomez at right back, Joel Matip centre back, Virgil Van Dijk um, centre back, Robertson left back. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Fabinho, Milner, Wijnaldum, and then Mane, Salah, and Firmino. Okay, I would go Adrian, I'd go Trent. I'm going to go Trent, Gomez, Van Dijk, Robertson. I'm going to go Fabinho, Milner, Oxlade-Chamberlain. And I'm going to go with the front three. Nice. Um, And I think that leaves you enough room for the weekend then to have a look and say, yeah, when Adam's had a bit of a rest, you know, Henderson's had it. Because you have to be honest, when Aldam has a rest and Henderson has a rest, they're going to be running into the ground in the next international break. I'm presuming Holland have another two games and England have another two games. So, you know, and they usually get most of that game time. When Aldam in particular, he's... he's oh, yeah, he's, he's like the main man at Holland at the he's moment. He's absolutely <laughs> integral to what they're doing. You know, so it's... It's, it's amazing. Um, North Red said these have been described as the Aust- the Austrian Ajax, really. Um, 
oh, <laughs> interesting. Oh. Pete Selby is Pete Selby has joined the chat. Pete Selby, of course, the Leicester City fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I might actually try if Pete is still watching. I might try get him uh, in before the week is out, and we'll have a little chat um, about the game. Pete, if you're watching, let me know. Uh, let me see. Barry Carr loved Pete's chat with me. I did. It was one. Of, it was one of the favorite, my favorite interviews I've done since starting this show. In at the start of July, Pete is just an all round really, really nice, honest, uh, down to earth guy. But give me a prediction Wednesday night. If with that team that you've picked, give me your prediction. I'm gonna go. Um, I reckon it's gonna be three one. Okay. Um, so call me uncultured. <laughs> but I have a um, um, Salzburg at all. But hearing through the grapevine, I think there's definitely going to be there's there's going to be a few surprises, and I think they're going to be confident and they're going to take the game to to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think eventually the Anfield crowd will catch up with them and um, we'll probably bang free in the second half and say goodnight. So you have a feeling that Red Bull Salzburg are going to come to Anfield on Wednesday night and have a right go? Yes, hundred percent. Oh well, then listen, come here. I'm all for that because I love te- <laughs> well I love teams that that come at us. I really um yeah. I really do. Well, I love teams that come out and try play against us. And, and you know if we decide we want a, a really fast game, they want a really fast game. I back. You see, it's got to the stage now, Keith, where I back Liverpool in a tactical game, um, yep. whether it be against you know it could be against the City or or whoever. Um, I back us in a what would you call it like a game of tennis up and down the pitch all side to side all the time. I back us in that, and I back us against teams that sit back. The majority yep. of the time, Chris Brack reckons four one to Liverpool. Manny Salah, Oxen, Origi to score. Barry has four nil or four one. North Red says four nil. Um, the Haaland kids had the Haaland kid. That's the guy off Salzburg, I presume. He said something. I'm presuming he said that they're going to come and um, have a right go. Barry Carr reckons they will come and play ball and they will backfire. I'm going to go with a three one Liverpool win. Um, no, I'm not. I'm going to go with a three nil Liverpool win. Okay. Yeah, no. I'll, 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 I'll go, I'll, yeah, I'm going for a three 0 Liverpool win. I think, <laughs> I think they will come and try play, but they may become a little bit starstruck when they get to Anfield and European night. You know all the all the usual uh, caveats that come with it, and you know all the stuff that's said about it. But uh, Liverpool will it'll, it'll go up a notch. I think because of the Napoli result, uh, the crowd will will bring it up a notch. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Chris Brack says, "Did we win the charity bet? No, we did not." Um, we did not win the charity bet, unfortunately. There is a charity bet for Wednesday night uh, against Leipzig. So, listen, tomorrow's show is all about uh, getting those bets in and deciding what we're going to do. Keith, you probably don't know what the, this is, but what we have a bet every week with Paddy Power. They give us money. We put a bet on. We lose every week. We don't make any money for charity. Everyone gets upset, and we start again for the following game. So we're trying to... Now, we have gone for 200 to one shots and all, some mad stuff like Mane to score six left-footed headers, you know, that kind of way. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's uh, it's 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 one, it's, it's one of those. So... um. We will have another bet. So tomorrow night will be the night where we get all our specials in. Give us, you know, tell us what you how you feel the bets might go. Send us mm-hmm. in suggestions for the specials. Send us in suspe- uh, suggestions for the bet itself. And I'll pick one before the end of the show tomorrow night. Um, just quickly on Saturday, um, Pete Selby, as I said, is the Leicester fan is probably still in the chat. I'm not too sure. But Leicester come to Anfield. Doing really well in the league. I think they're sitting. Are they sitting toward in the league at the moment? They may be sitting yep, toward. Yeah, 14, mm-hmm. 14 points. Um, started really well. The only one, the only really downer I've seen their season so far may be the the defeat at Old Trafford when they were fancy mm-hmm. to go there and win. 
how do you see that one going, Keith? Are, are we hyping up Leicester a bit too much? Listen, let's not forget, lest we forget what happened at Anfield last season against Leicester. Yes. I remember it very well. I remember sitting my ass in the pub, snowing. The only, I think it was one of the only games that see, that season where there was actually snow on the pitch. That's right. If I remember correctly. Yeah. And we effectively, when you look back, that there was the two points that could have won us the league. Oh, yeah. So, well, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I know where you're coming from with that, but I don't, mm, I don't really go with it. I think. But, I, what, but, okay, but what my point would probably be is the fact that under Claude Puel, mm-hmm. Leicester played really, really well against us. And, you know, at times that was a, Mm, that was a tight match and the vast majority of those players are going to be playing on Saturday. So I think my point being is that, you know, we shouldn't be surprised that Leicester are a good team and will give us a good game. They took two, they took away two points from us last season and they could have taken away more last season. And that was under Claude Puel, who people kind of say wasn't as good a manager or, you know, he didn't get the shining lights that Brendan Rodgers is getting. So it's going to be a very, very difficult game of football. Um, you know, we're playing against a team that has former Premier League winners in that team. You know, we're playing against a team that has very good young players. You know, let's be, you know, as 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 much of a, uh, how would I describe? I don't think I think we're uh, fan eulogising over Leicester a bit too much. I think Leicester should be in this position. Leicester should be challenging, knocking on the top four door. You know, as I said. Before they've got players who have won the Premier League, they've invested well, they've got good young players coming up in the system, they've got really, really a strong, solid 14 players in that team. So the fact that they are where they are at this point of the season is not a surprise to me, and I don't think it will be a surprise to Jurgen Klopp as well. And you know, I hope that our boys are up for it and remember what happened last season because it was games like that last season where we switched off, where maybe we thought it was going to be a walk in the park. That cost us two points, and and invariably those were the type of pesky draws that lost us the league. Do you know what you've hit the nail on the head? I think I think the players, if you watched there last season, I think it's the night after Newcastle beat Man City and yep. Liverpool have a chance to to push push away from. I think they're four points clear going into it, and they could make it seven. It ends up a draw. They score really early. Harry Maguire equalizes. It was one of it was a very poor performance, and I think we felt sorry about for ourselves a little bit traveling to West Ham at the following weekend, and we got it. I think it was the following Monday night football, was it? And we draw. We oh, oh, that day I was there. Yeah, well, it was, it wasn't was there. It? I was that. I was at the Olympic Stadium that night yeah. to watch us throw another two points away. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, oh, that's what that I'm saying. So so they, they probably felt a little bit sorry for themselves after the Leicester game and went into the West Ham game and drew that as well. And that's where people probably thought it was it, it was where it all fell apart. Uh, let me see, let me see. North Red, I think, says he's off to Anfield on Saturday with his wife. He's in the cup for the game. Uh, listen, have a great time. Cheer on the Reds and uh, hopefully we come away with three points. Anybody that's watching this pod or comments on this pod and goes to Anfield and Liverpool do not win, don't come back on. You know, um, you, you're probably a bad luck charm. <laughs> we can't have that. No money messing. No money messing. You can come on as much as you want. Uh, but look, it's it's um, it is a tough game. It is one where I I don't underestimate Leicester at all. I think somebody says there, Rogers may come and try to out tactic us or do something along those lines. If Rogers is true to himself when he comes. 
they'll they'll be fine. If Rogers just tries to be too cute, I think that's where he comes down. It's where he's held held himself back at Celtic in European football and at Liverpool in European football. Let's be let's be um let's be perfectly honest with it. Uh, but a little prediction for Saturday. Oh. No, I'm making that a little bit harder than Wednesday. Oh. Night, am I? That's a tough one. That yeah. is a tough one. Honestly, um, oh man, Leicester, 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 the bane of our lives in recent times. Um, see, I'm gonna go for a two-two draw. Oh, Keith, 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 don't do that to me. I'm sorry, man. I'm oh. sorry. Like, okay, you're going two-two. Uh, I reckon two-two. So a two-two draw will probably leave us with um, a three-point yeah. gap going into the into the. Would wouldn't it? A three point gap. Three point gap going to international break. Yeah, wouldn't be bad. Three points after eight games. Uh, Dave's LFC chat says he's going to Liverpool on Saturday and still no ticket. Dave, the best thing to do is head up to the ground early. Get up there around twelve, half twelve if you can. Go in around the Albert, the twelve man, the the Sandon, the Arkles, wherever wherever you can get in in all these pubs and ask about. You will come across one. You absolutely will come across one. My prediction for Saturday. Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go 3-1 Liverpool. Wow. Yeah, that's how confident I am in this team. I know what, I know what Leicester are going to do. Um, not that I've been spying on them in training or anything like that. <laughs> I feel Leicester will come. And I watched them earlier on the season against Chelsea. And they they weren't great in the first half, but they were brilliant in the second half. And what they done was they sat a little deeper. They let Chelsea come on to them and Detroit to hit them on the break. I feel that's mm-hmm. what they do. We will do against Liverpool. That I don't think they'll want to get into a tactical battle or a midfield battle or a really tight, you know, a really tight small pitch against Liverpool where it can open out and Liverpool can expose them. So mm-hmm. I think they will sit back, but I think we'll have enough. I'm going to go three one, and if we come out with this with two victories towards at, by the end of the week, I will absolutely bounce into the international break and waiting to go yeah. and absolutely take Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's head off at Old Trafford on the 20th of October. Uh, but look, Keith, it's been an absolute pleasure. I enjoyed That's that half lovely. an hour, did you? I loved it. I loved it. Um, oh, let's make it more often. Yeah. Honestly, it's really, really nice to be on, man. Lovely chatting to you about football as always. Um, great to, with the chat. I really like that as well. Uh, thank you to everybody who's been there. Uh, uh, getting involved tonight it's really good to see you guys getting involved really makes it even all the worthwhile um and yeah common reds i think it's good it's a very it's a this is a massive week for us it's going to be a massive week every week until the end of the season Klopp even complains that we make these situations where every week is a week like this but this is the kind of situation we're now in we're with world-class players with a world-class manager and we should be expecting world-class performances. And even if we get mediocre performances, world-class performances from somewhere within the attack, defence or midfield. So I've got every faith in the world we're going to do what we need to do. But let's hope the boys do too. Yeah, well, I have all the faith. All the faith. I love it. If, if, any, if, any, if anybody is short of faith, come to me and I will lend you some faith. Um, that's, how, that's how big I am on the faith in this squad at the moment and the manager and everybody else that takes part in being part of Liverpool Football Club. Look, um, it's been it's been a good one. It's been the Fatback 4. I promise, promise, promise I will keep WhatsApping Keith week on week. And once he checks his WhatsApp and comes back and says, yeah, I want to be on the show, I will have him on. You've been very popular tonight, Keith. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. That's been the Fatback 4 for Monday, the 30th of September. I will be back tomorrow at 9pm. 9 9pm 9 tomorrow night. Slight change. 
just because of I've, I've something to do at 10 basically so back tomorrow at 9 enjoy the rest of your Monday Jesus Arsenal United are brutal aren't they? over and out Sports Social Podcast Network